Time for Fact Checker, where we debunk misinformation based on real evidence, real facts, set the record straight with our resident fact checker joining us here in the studio, Adam Rowe. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. So we're going to talk first about some of the myths circulating Mm -hmm. online regarding COVID-19 vaccines. So let's start with the big one, which is the claim that the current vaccines on the market are unsafe. They're dangerous because it was such a rush to get them developed. Yeah, I mean, those concerns are kind of understandable because they were, compared to other vaccines uh, that have been developed, uh, very quick in their nature. But it's not really true that they are unsafe because of that. Mm. Uh, Now, while the rapid development of vaccines for COVID-19 set a record by several years, uh, the vaccines did take advantage of a combination of several important variables, which I'll list now. Mm -hmm. Uh, First, pre-existing vaccine research on the related SARS virus gave researchers an edge. So uh, there was uh, an advantage there. Second, the SARS SARS-CoV-2 viral genome, that's the virus which actually causes COVID-19, was sequenced very early. Uh, The first one was published actually by Chinese researchers uh, back in early January of last year, even before COVID-19 had spread out of China. Uh, So there was a lot of material to go by from the get-go. Third, advanced funding by governments around the world, including here in Korea, uh, allowed pharmaceutical companies to develop the vaccine without pretty much any significant fiscal risk. Uh, Fourth, the presence uh, of an active pandemic uh, gave researchers plenty of readily available test subjects uh, for the clinical trials, allowing uh, for very rapid enrollment of patients. If this was any other virus, such as, I don't know, say the cold, for instance, Mm -hmm. it will be purely voluntary and uh, it will be... It remains to be seen how many people will actually be willing to take part in these trials. They are risky uh, because they're untested. Now, finally, the evolution of new biotechnology techniques as well uh, allowed for more more, uh, rapid progress than had been previously been possible. So the development of technology can't be ignored as well. So as you say, you could legitimately be concerned because a lot of these uh, vaccines Mm. have been fast-tracked for approval. However... Um, as you point out, a lot of factors came into play to allow the development, the mm. rapid development of which. And the also uh, the main uh, thing that should give some people some source of comfort is that these vaccines have gone through phase three clinical trials, meaning right. there's been a, a very uh, large sample size of patients that have already been tested with it. Mm. And this has all been peer reviewed, meaning other scientists in the community have looked. through this data and right. determine first the efficacy rate and then also some of the uh, expected yeah. side effects and whether the, the, the vaccine is safe or not. So, okay, um, we can uh, eliminate that from one of the lists. This, this mm. one's a bit more of a wild uh, rumor or, <laughs> yeah. um, or um, fake news spreading regarding these vaccines. And I've actually gotten some of these um, spam messages uh, oh, being really? spread regarding <laughs> it. But these vaccines supposedly have, one, they talk about kind of... Re- altering your DNA. But in other words, it actually contains microchips, which can be used to track you basically for life, like Big Brother, right? Is this true? Yeah, I mean, we spoke last week about the DNA changing thing. That is not true. It does not change your DNA. You won't become, I don't know, Hulk or anything. Uh, And this, yeah, another... Kind of a very crazy kind of, you know, spy movie type kind of theory going around. But uh, this myth actually began as uh, anti-vaccination groups have spread memes on their social media about Bill Gates, in fact, um, suggesting he donated millions to vaccine development uh, to push forward his agenda of tracking people, which... uh, It was quite a dubious allegation, but this allegation is, of course, simply false and, in fact, uh, fails the application of simple logic as Mm. well with this whole Mm. vaccination. Now, the vaccines themselves are very small in volume. It's 0.3 milliliters for Pfizer and 0.5 for Moderna. 
Now, there is no tracking microchip in the world that is small enough to be injected in this volume of liquid, uh, even through these tiny needles which are used in the vaccination. So there just wouldn't be a microchip that would be able to fit uh, if anyone did have that kind of agenda. Now, in addition, if a submersive goal of vaccination involved insertion of uh, these tracking microchips, Why use a vaccine which is voluntary? I mean, you're not being forced to take a vaccine. Um, Why not put it in drinking water, Mm -hmm. for instance, Mm -hmm. where everyone is uh, kind of unwillingly consuming it? And uh, so obviously they'll be unknowing to have these tracking microchips in it. But a vaccine where it's like, oh, you're free to take it if you want, but we're going to put a microchip in it. I mean, obviously... That's a great point, because if if this chip is small enough to fit through an eye of a syringe... or a needle, mm. then you can just put it into, um, you know, various uh, right. Coca-Cola cans and yeah. just have people exactly. drink it. As you say, the problem here is that it is voluntary. And yeah. yes, that would imply then that this um, myth or, or mm. uh, rumor is untrue. But it also then also implies a lot of people who feel that it is true won't take the vaccine right. because of this voluntary nature and unfortunately maybe prevent a uh, quicker Um, phenomenon of herd immunity just because of these uh, fake news that uh, abound. Are there some other myths surrounding these vaccines? Well, there are dozens of other (laughs) myths around it, but just to name uh, one of them, there's been a claim that those who have already been infected with COVID-19 don't actually need a vaccination. I think that is the most kind of, uh, Mm. uh, one of the big ones out there, uh, along with the other kind of dubious ones. But uh, most patients who develop antibodies after they have COVID-19 Uh, But not all of them do. Uh, So in other coronavirus infections, such as the common cold, for example, we know that these antibodies last only about three to four months before we are susceptible to infection again. I mean, once we get a cold or a flu, for instance, it doesn't mean we're immune for life. Mm -hmm, We will mm -hmm. certainly be able to uh, catch the flu again. Uh, But the US CDC recommends that patients who recently had COVID-19 should actually wait about 90 days before receiving uh, the vaccine because it's pretty much pointless because... They will be able to develop antibodies probably within the four-month span of mm. uh, after contracting the virus. So getting a vaccine straight after being infected will kind of become pointless in a way. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think that's what I've heard from experts as well. Is one key thing is it is important for everyone possible to get vaccinated mm. if you're healthy enough mm. to do so. Because uh, once you get vaccinated, there still isn't the science not being clear of whether right. you can actually still transmit to other people. Right. You might still get infected by other people. With exactly. the, you might be immune to the disease itself, but right. you could still transmit it. And That's so, a good point, yes. Yeah, and so uh, it's important to get that. All right, let's, uh, we cleared up some of the confusion with vaccines. Let's talk about the confusion over uh, sell-by dates mm. and use-by dates. Uh, the basic uh, date that you see on your carton of milk or whatever, uh, and whether it's safe to be consumed after that date. Uh, could you clear up some of the confusion, please? Yeah, so this has kind of been a lingering confusion in Korea for some time. But uh, first, let's look at the difference in meaning between a sell-by date and a use-by date. Mm. I mean, I know it seems obvious, but the answer is all in the name. Yeah. I mean, a sell-by date is the date by which the product must be sold. It is not the deadline for the product's consumption and is uh, more of a recommendation for retailers. So if you are putting it on the shelves after this date, then put it down, is basically mm-hmm. what they're saying. Now, in Korea, sell-by date l a b e l i n g was introduced in 1985, so it's been uh, 35 years plus. Uh, it is set at 60% to 70% of the shelf life of the food in question, which means it does have quite some time left before 
it actually goes bad. Uh, Use-by dates refer to how long the actual food lasts. But even that number is not the final date in which the food goes bad because, uh, or must be consumed because uh, these dates are usually set about 80 to 90% of the food's shelf life as well. Uh, so there's still a little wiggle room uh, or a little time left before the food actually goes uh, mm. completely bad, but albeit a shorter window right. than the sell-by date. Well, um, I guess we could see how this could be confusing. Mm. Is there a way then you can really kind of know just by looking at the package label warnings and, and what we, way we can avoid the confusion? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean this whole confusion uh, between the labeling systems, it's resulted in more than one and a half trillion oh, won wow. of uh, food waste every year. Uh, just because I think many people are wanting to be mm. safe when consuming their foods. Now, in many Western nations, the sell-by date system is a, a, kind of a dying trend at the moment with use-by dates and best-before dates, yeah. as it's known in some countries, being more widely adopted. Now, Korean lawmakers have been reviewing whether to change the law to replace sell-by dates with uh, use-by dates. Uh, but so far, there doesn't seem to be enough public consensus on the matter for an active change to happen, and there's... kind of like an apprehension against it because people think that sell-by dates would be even a safer kind of a a labeling system Mm. than a use-by date. And um, yeah, so if you look at all the Korean foods, they all say yutongia, which basically means, well, translated exactly, it'll mean distribution by date, but uh, it is a sell-by date, essentially. So yeah, I mean, don't throw your food out as soon as it hits that uh, sell-by date. If you buy food products in Korea, you do have a little bit of wiggle room, but... um, To be safe, I'd say a couple of more days. Yeah, Yeah. I I think common sense should be used there. And you don't want to waste too much food. At the same time, we understand uh, safety being a priority right now Mm. uh, through all things. But uh, as you say, uh, a little common sense could go Mm. a long way. Okay, one more uh, fact check to do here. It's about a month left until the Lunar New Year holidays. Gift sets already appearing in the supermarkets. Now, there have been calls to kind of loosen the restrictions of the anti-graph law, which is known as the uh, Kim Young-nan Act uh, to kind of be raised in terms of its limits to help Mm. some of these struggling retailers bounce back after what's been a fairly prolonged um, economic slump because of the pandemic. Right, that's right. And uh, there has been an increase of about 7% in sales in these agricultural goods last Chuseok after the Kim Jong-nat was temporarily relaxed during that period. Uh, But whether that was a Directly related to the easing of the law actually remains to be seen. Mm. I mean, we don't know if that has uh, an impact. Uh, some la- lawmakers want the price cap to be raised to 200,000 won again, like the government did last Chuseok, uh, which is currently capped at 100,000. Now, if that relaxation of the law was actually the reason for the increase in sales, then products in that price range of uh, 100,000 to 200,000 won should have increased the most, sure. right? Uh, but, however, that wasn't actually the case uh, if we look at last Chuseok. Uh, sales of goods in the 50,000 to 100,000 won price range actually rose 17% back then. Sales of those over 200,000 won spiked 20%. Products in the price range of 100,000 to 200,000 won rose just 10%. So that's mm. far lower than the other two groups. And that is the price range which would have the most impact of these uh, relaxed kind of laws. Now, another factor is the trend that uh, has been seen during the the pandemic because many people can't travel to their hometowns, especially uh, during these holidays where they call for it. Now, uh, uh, Lunar New Year being one of them. Um, The alternative is for these people is to buy more expensive gifts. Uh, gifts, possibly out of guilt of not being able to visit uh, family members in person. 
Uh, so giving them a more extravagant uh, present, I think, is kind of what they feel is a way of compensating for okay. that. Now, the biggest increase was actually seen in premium gift sets, so those over the 200,001 limit uh, that were pre-purchased before any easing of the Kim Young-nan Act last t r u s o k So even before they eased it, a lot of people were swarming to buy mm. these sets, meaning people don't really seem to care if the law is in place or right. not. Now, we must remember that the law applies mostly to workers in the government and media and uh, not the most of the Korean public. So this law, no matter if it's relaxed or still in place, it doesn't really, if it's amongst family, and as long as your family members don't work in the government or the media, uh, it's fine. I mean, yeah. these laws don't really apply to you. So that's a moot point for most. Uh, right. You and I uh, probably would apply to, but uh, right. I don't think neither of us are in the market to buy a bunch of 200,000 no. <laughs> gift sets right now. Uh, okay, thank you for clearing all of that up. As always, Adam, uh, thank you for all the hard work as always and look forward to talking to you again soon. See you next week. This Morning with Henry Shin. on TBS EFM.